Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Ephesians 6, 14 through 17. I'm just going to read this scripture over again. Just make sure it's in our minds. Make sure it's in my mind and I stop thinking about the missionaries. Okay which is not what I want. I don't want to stop thinking, but we're going to continue to think about the missionaries and continue to talk about what is happening. But um, I do need to preach. Okay. Ephesians 6, 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And when it says stand therefore, the, the verses before that, why does it say stand therefore? It's because there is spiritual warfare. There's a war going on. It's in the spirit world that we need weapons to fight this spiritual warfare. And it says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the God. Which is the word of God. It says, And take the helmet of salvation. So this scripture, again, just reiterating, that is giving us this imagery of of armor and, of course, physical armor and those pieces that warriors or knights or whoever wore, um, you know, was for protection and was for fighting. Many of those pieces of armor were for, def- like, defense and uh, just a couple for offense. But it was for the protection of those that were fighting that war. And so when we're talking about this, we need some protection in this spiritual warfare that we are fighting. So that is what we're talking about here. And then in 17, it says, and take the helmet of salvation. What does it mean to take this helmet of salvation? And also, you know, when you think about like, okay, I got the helmet of salvation. Um, I have given my life to Christ. So he has given me that salvation, that, that I, am, I am saved through him, what he has done on the cross, and so I have that salvation. But what, what does that mean? And really in this scripture, we're going to kind of like break this down, and it's not talking about just that moment that you came to know Christ and invited him to be a part of your life that you joined his family, that you made him Lord of your life. It's talking more about taking what was given to you in that moment, which is all that he is, his strength, his peace, his understanding, all these things about who he is and taking that and putting it on. Not just that moment of salvation, but putting on what we got in that moment and allowing those things that he has now given us to actually cover our head and our mind. What does a helmet do? It covers your head. Why does it cover your head? Because your head's got a brain in it, hopefully. 
And this is an important part of your body, your brain. You need it for everything. You can't tell me you don't. You can't live without it. So we need to protect it. In the same way, in a spiritual sense, we need to protect our thoughts, our mind, our spiritual mind, all these things that God has spoken over us, the things that He has created in in us. You know, we're all different, and I love that. I am so different than Tori, like incredibly different than Tori. (laughs) Like, it's just wild, but it's so cool, right? We are all different. It's not that we're all to be the same. It's that we're all to, to use, God created each and every one of us differently with different attitudes and, and, and ways of thinking and, and personalities and humor and, and, and all these different things. And yes, like there, we pick stuff up in our upbringing and how we're raised and stuff like that, but, but God has created us for great things. And he's made us in a unique way. And those things that he has created us for, we need to protect those things. We need to protect our head. You know what's interesting is, I don't know if you ever tried to teach kids to ride a bike or, well, I mean, skateboards or rollerblades, all these different things. I got four kids. And you know how hard it was to get my kids to put on a helmet? I don't know if you had kids that just wanted to put one on. I don't know if you can find those kind of kids anywhere. But kids generally do not want to put on a helmet to protect their head. Like, I don't need that. I'm not going to fall. I'm good. Why why would I need that? Well, actually, whenever you fall and hit your head, it's going to be a whole lot better and hurt a whole lot less if you wear this helmet, I'm not going to fall. It's fine. And, and it's kind of funny, and it's kind of, you know, you as a parent, you get scared. But what I was thinking about is, as adults, you know, we, we're like, oh, I can't believe those kids don't wear helmets. You, I know. I know this last week, you probably passed by a kid riding on a sidewalk somewhere on their bike, and you're like, I can't believe they don't have a helmet on what, are they crazy? But then we walk around not putting on our helmet so many times. You say, I can't believe that kid doesn't wear their helmet riding a bike. I can't believe you didn't put on the helmet of salvation, the, what God has given you through Christ, that peace who he is, that you didn't cover your mind with that before you walked out the door. What you did is you covered your head with a bunch of (laughs) poo-poo. Told yourself you looked ugly before you left. You said, I can't believe this life that I have and my car. It's just a piece of junk and this and I don't know, whatever. Just all these things. You guys are like, oh, what? No, not me. We tend to do that. Wake up and start complaining about all the stuff that is wrong. Or how we wish it could be better, or wish it was better, or wish this hadn't happened, or whatever. And 
So I'm telling you, that's not the helmet of salvation. That's like wrapping your head up in a... <laughs> Make this nice. Um, you know, like nobody wants to take... You know, just dip, dip a scarf in the toilet, you know, after you went to the bathroom. Just wrap it around you. What? You're, oh, really? Well, what are you talking about? What are you saying about yourself? I would never dip my scarf in the toilet and wrap it around my head. What you're doing is wrapping those words, those things around your mind when you get up. And it doesn't smell pretty. It doesn't look pretty. It doesn't sound pretty. It's a hot, stinky pile of mess. And that's what you're using. But no, we need to put on the helmet of salvation. Paul says in Romans 12, he talks about the renewing of our mind. He actually says to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To be transformed by the renewing, the ongoing, continuing renewal of our mind. Not like, hey, yeah, I had that happen. My mind was renewed like five years ago. I'm good. No, that we continually, as we walk this walk, I need to be continually renewing my mind with not the stuff that's coming up in my mind, but what God has spoken over me, what God has spoken over you, who he's called you to be, how he's called you to act, how he's called you to talk, that my mind, that your mind is renewed with who he is. You know, I think Pastor Rick said this, and it's one of the things, I think I've said it before too. I probably said it first. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said this. Uh, but that you, you, don't, you don't get rid of habits by focusing on the habit. You're like, I'm going to think real hard, you know? And, and Tori, she could tell you about me. Sometimes I've been like, I'm going to do this, and, and I'm, I'm not going to act this way or do things this way. I don't know. I'm going to change this thing. And I think so hard about how I'm not going to do it that I do it again, you know? It, <laughs> You don't change those things by thinking real hard about not even not doing those things. You change by not even thinking about those things and putting, the, see, the renewing of your mind, putting something else in its place that actually is better. See, I'm going to actually, instead of thinking about that thing that I shouldn't be thinking about, I'm going to take this scripture and let it go over and over and over in my mind. I'm going to just focus on this thing. And, and see, it's not easy. I'm not saying that it's easy. But I'm going to give my, my mind 
something better to think about, and I'm going to take that thing and make it roll over in my mind so much that I don't even have time to think about that other thing. And pretty soon, I'll even forget about that thing. That I just, I mean, I don't even, my mind doesn't even want to go there, but it's because I've taken and got my mind off of it. See, not thought about it, you know? I'm really not going to do that this time. I'm going to try so hard not to do that. No, it just doesn't work. In 1 Thessalonians 5.8, it says, But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the... What did you say? Oh, you just... I, I thought you were talking to. Oh, well, cheer me on. That's okay. Go ahead. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. The confidence of our salvation. That word there, in some translations use the hope of our salvation. But it's el peace, el peace, or peace, or something like that. It's el peace. In my very English way of translating that word. But it is the confidence and hope. And what it means is a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. A confident expectation. So as we put this helmet on, this is in Thessalonians where it's describing that, that helmet that we put on a little bit more. And it's that confidence or that hope that we have of that eternal salvation, that whenever anything is going on, why would I fear? When I put this helmet on, it's the confidence that I have been saved by Christ who has gone to the cross for me and that I have everything that He has because that's what He did. He gave it to me when I came into this relationship with Him. When I put on this helmet, I'm not just putting on the fact that I know, yeah, yeah, 20 years ago, I came into a relationship with Christ, and I, I made Him Lord and Savior of my life. That's not what this is. When we put on, I get up and put on the helmet of salvation. When you get up and put on that helmet, you put on the words that He is speaking over you right now in this moment. You put on that peace that, that understanding, that calm that he is giving you, not back then, but right now in this moment. And that's why we can have a confidence. That's why. I'm not putting on something that happened 20 years ago. I'm putting on what he is downloading and giving me right now. Instead of putting, you know, that toilet water scarf on my head. We put on this helmet of salvation. And in verse 9, they don't have this, but it says, For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. 
Because too many times we feel like, and, and I've talked to many people that it's like, you know, just God just really wants to, you know, I, I haven't been good in my life, and I just know that he's, he's trying to get me back for all those things. Or, you know, he's this angry God, this fire and brimstone God. You know, I'm just an Old Testament person, and that's it. And, and, and you know, God's just going to get me back for all the things. But I love this scripture because it says he's not putting his anger toward us, although he could have that wrath that he had of the sin that is in our life that, that is at odds with who he is. But instead of giving us that wrath, he gave us Christ. He gave us salvation through his son because he chose to save us through our Lord and Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. We have to guard our minds. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And like I've already mentioned, like these things that we speak over ourselves that is like this crap, you know, this stuff that isn't good for anybody. You know, we can... We, we treat ourselves worse than we would treat other people. Like, oh, I don't, I'm not mean to people. Well, you're a people. <laughs> and you're mean to yourself, you know? Like, we're like, I would never say something like that. I would never tell somebody that they look horrible in that outfit, you know, and be that mean. You did it this morning with yourself. You know, we would... We wouldn't do it to somebody else, but somehow we feel like it's okay to just take that mess and put it toward ourselves. We wonder why we have so much trouble with getting our thoughts right or, you know, thinking positive things about the day. It just didn't start out with anything good in the first place, you know? You're like, oh, that was just about my house. No, that was just about that. No. Are you putting on that helmet of salvation, who he is, what he's spoken over you? Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is, I love this. Bringing thoughts into captivity. It means they're not running around like little weasels in your head that just want to get into every nook and cranny, hiding in spaces, little tiny dark spaces 
eating away at your, you know, that's how I see it. You got these thoughts, right? They go, you know, some, <laughs> some people have more thoughts than others. But for all of us, these thoughts just run around in our head. They're just flying one way and the other. And it's telling us to bring these thoughts into captivity. Make them subject to the boundaries that you have put on them. Put boundaries on these thoughts. Make them stay where they should stay. But not just put them into captivity, but captivity to the obedience of Christ. Brought into submission to who Christ is. To what Christ has spoken over you. To his thoughts, his dreams, what he says about you, who he says you are. Bring these thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Those thoughts have to be obedient to the things that Christ has said about who you are. Now, you're the one that's going to have to wrangle those cats, right? Those things are like oiled pigs just running around your head squealing. We have to put those boundaries on. We have to bring them into submission, okay? This isn't like, oh yeah, Christ, there you go. You do it. You know, no. We have to actively take and change, say, these thoughts are not going to be my thoughts. I'm going to take the thoughts, the words, what he's spoken over, what Christ has spoken over me, and I'm going to put those in my head and make these thoughts that are not right, that are, sub, that are uh, negative and, and whatever, just horrible, all these things, these things that I've been thinking, you know? And again, taking that a step further, maybe it's because of what we've been seeing or what we've been hearing. It goes way beyond just those thoughts. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take those things captive, but I'm going to look at this thing that I shouldn't actually be looking at. I'm going to be listening to these stories at work that are vile stories that these guys are saying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch this show that's horrible and got all this mess in it or whatever. I don't know. Bringing all those things to captivity in the obedience, to the obedience of Christ. And I'm not going to think these thoughts. I'm not going to look at that stuff that I had been looking at. I'm not going to listen to that stuff that I had been hearing. And I'm now not going to say those things because I've brought all that stuff into submission to who Christ is, his thoughts, what he sees about you, who he says you are. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, it says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, 
or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. He says, just like the devil deceived Eve. He's like, I'm worried that we could be deceived as well. That you, this, you've heard this gospel that has been preached. The real, true, simple gospel of Christ. The Spirit of God is with you. And, and, and this is, you've gotten the real thing. But I'm worried if we go away. That you might be deceived into Receiving something else that is not this true, simple gospel of Christ. See, it's simple. The simplicity of who Christ is. It's not hard. It's not something that, that we have to work up to or get some degree in order to attain it. And the simplicity is just that we have to accept it. He died for me, for you, for us. That God sent His Son to live here, to be one of us, to be fully God, fully man, to give His life for us so that we could come into this relationship with him that we didn't couldn't have before so that we so that we could change because we can't do it on our own it's as simple as just coming to know him and accepting him and that's it are we devoted to him are we devoted to Him or are we devoted to something else? You know, I don't think any of us would want to say like, yeah, I've got other idols, you know. I've got idols that I put in front of God. But a lot of times we don't realize that we have taken and put something else on accident in front of God, and we are thinking about it more, we're focused on it more, we care about it more, whether it's work or achieving something. Could even be, you know, our family, you know, your family. You've put that before God. And putting God before your family doesn't mean you neglect them, it just means that He is first and foremost in the family, which makes it actually better. We're putting God before work, which is definitely going to make it better because He's going to give you the understanding or the peace in that crazy situation where somebody is being a jerk and allow you to work things out with them because He's with you and He's going to be there and work things out for your good instead of you putting Him on the back burner and you trying to deal with it yourself. Simple gospel. Proverbs 15, 14, it says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. The fool feeds on trash. Well, nobody likes to say they eat trash. 
but we do all the time. What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your soul? Are you, are you feeding it junk, junk food? Feeding it all kinds of stuff that doesn't help you in any way? Or are you feeding it what God has spoken over you? Who He says that you are? What He has called you to? Who He is? Would you stand with me? You know, and this whole thing about the helmet of salvation, this protection, this protection of our mind, our thoughts, taking captive those thoughts, it's about more than just being able to feel okay. It's about more than that because God hasn't created us just to feel okay. He's created us to be fruitful. He's created us to do something, to create things. that we should bear fruit. It's not just to be a pretty tree. You know, like sometimes we can be proud of ourselves for, you know, like, yeah, I had this, I was a diseased tree. I was a mess. All this stuff, bad leaves, bad fruit, everything was a mess. It was, it was just horrible. And, and now, wow, put that helmet, helmet of salvation on and, and, I'm living Christ, and, and now, oh, wow, I'm a healthy tree. Great, but you need to be more than a healthy tree. You need to be a fruitful tree. But we got to be healthy. we got to put that helmet of salvation on for those, those thoughts to be held captive in obedience to Christ in order before we can even bear fruit, but we are called to bear fruit. John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. He has called us to bear fruit and not just to bear fruit. Listen, fruit that will remain. A fruit that lasts. Anybody hate that avocados are only good for three seconds. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. I'm going to go do something. Oh man, now it's brown. It's like, that's it. You got to get it right there in that split second where it's good. But God hasn't called us just to be good for a split second but that our fruit should remain, that the fruit that comes from our life, that it will last, that people could, could keep mulling it over and that it keeps feeding them over and over and over again. That's good fruit. That's good fruit. That is what he's called us to be. That's who he's called us to be. 
Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.